Welcome to Where Passion Meets Truth by Shield Sisters Initiative. We are two best friends who co-founded a community for women entrepreneurs who want to live their passion and embrace their truth. I'm Raywin, a self-love coach obsessed with coffee, mustaches, and all things community. And I'm Megan, a truth-seeking super nerd with a passion for mental health, books, and mindset. Each month, we'll bring you a couple of guest interviews, goal-setting tips, and mindset-changing topics to guide you on your journey of living your passion and embracing your truth. Today, we want to introduce you to Sarah Eggers. Did I say your name correctly, Sarah? Yep, that's it. Awesome. Sarah is a web designer and marketer with a passion for helping creative bloggers and small business owners make a remarkable impression online with gorgeous web design, effective content, and an engaging social presence. Sarah, I'm so excited to be speaking to you today because we um, because we connected before on, I think, on Shield Sisters, but I know definitely with the magazine that I've been um editing oh yeah you contributed to our auction with, that we had earlier in the year so thank you so much for contributing and we are always super excited to have you here well thank you for having me here and yes um it's been a real delight to um submit articles for the new magazine that you've just started and yeah i also participated in that auction so thanks for having me on so we really like to dive in and talk about your passion and your truth and kind of how you figured out those two go together, that genius spot. We know that you might not be in that perfect genius spot. Megan and I have talked about it before. We aren't always in that genius spot, but we'd love to hear about people's passions and their truth and to offer any tips and advice to our audience that are looking for that genius spot as well. So do you want to start off telling us a little bit more about your passion or your truth or both? Uh, sure. Um, I'll start off with my passion. Um, I feel that my passion is to help people get, you know, this deep rooted confidence in their ability to grow their business as brand. Um, I just happen to do that through creating websites and consulting people on marketing strategies. So um, I really love working with those in the beginning or mid-level area of growing their business. So many of my clients are bloggers who are just starting to turn their blog into a revenue source, um, or they're people who are within the first few years of running a business. And really much of helping someone gain confidence comes with teaching, which is why I have the Blog Design Academy. It's my teachable school for those who want to master web design and other marketing aspects of their business. And that's also why I offer a lot of training options. While there's a lot of people out there that you can hire them to make a website or hire them to build a strategy, um, I want you to hire me to teach you how to do it yourself. Like, my joy is when it really clicks <laughs> and I get to see, um, just to see that they have that confidence. They're like, I know where I'm going and um, they are just so happy. So I like, I like that learning part. Um, but I mean, like I'll teach those things. <laughs> I haven't yet met anyone who wants me to teach them how to set up a 301 redirect for their website, but you know, I have more than 600 students in my HTML and CSS crash course for creative bloggers. So clearly people want to know some stuff, um, you know, that 
I know some people don't want to learn all the technical aspects of web design, so I'm more than happy to uh, be hands-on with that. Um, so yeah, that's that's my passion, and it took a while to find it, but um, I think that's more in like, yeah, I love I love um, seeing people, me helping them get really confident that their business is a thing, their business is going to make it, and their business is really going to reflect who they are. So how did you discover that was your passion? So I discovered my passion, um, I don't know, I think it could possibly be a genetic to tell you the truth. Um, my great grandmother graduated from college with a teaching degree, um, you know, um, in the early 1900s. And then her son became a teacher and married my grandmother, who's also a teacher. And then they had my mother, who um, was a high school science teacher turned librarian, and then there was me. And I came along and I didn't become a teacher. I followed my love of web development and marketing. But um, while I was doing that, I found that I got most of my energy and like my biggest satisfaction when I taught a client something new. Like I was saying earlier, like when that client has the aha moment and you see that everything clicks. So I guess I sort of stumbled into teaching, just like everyone else in my family. Um, I just took the long way around. You know, while I can build you a marketing strategy and, you know, that's a good day's work, it becomes fun for me when I teach you how to build a strategy. Um, and then next time you can do it all on your own, you know. And I love seeing how people morph from unsure and a little lost to absolutely confident and ready to track on forward you know they're full of confidence they have that you know i've got this i know where i'm going and i know exactly how to get there you know that's so that's how i found my passion is you know what's a good day's work and what are you excited about and you know my excitement i realized actually turned into more of the teaching aspect so um i enjoy doing websites but like i get my energy um, when I'm teaching someone how to use, you know, the WordPress dashboard or teaching them that they can get this really cool feature using a plugin. Like those are the moments that I'm super passionate about. And that's, and that's how I've, you know, pivoted my business from being the person who builds you a website to being the person who can build you a website, but also wants to teach you how to use it and let you have confidence that after you're done working with me, like, you can do all of this on your own. You've got this. So, yeah, um, I found it by stumbling onto it, and it wound up being teaching, just like many of the other women in my family. I love that you stumbled onto it because I've stumbled onto so much, and sometimes you really feel like this is where you're supposed to be going, and then you stumble onto something new, and it's like, no, wait, I am I really passionate about that? Is that really something that I want to do? Because I swear I've been talking about doing this other thing my whole life. And you have to really listen to that because just because you stumble upon a new passion or even a passion that might be genetically passed down to you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to give up that previous passion. And so I love how you kind of melded the two together. Um, I have a question that's a little bit unrelated just um, because I have a background as a technology teacher. I taught um, elementary school 
uh, technology classes for a few years before my daughter was born. And my favorite class to teach and to learn um, for was Code Like a Girl, where we actually did this program for girls after school where they learned how to code. Do you take part in anything like that? Or do you specialize in teaching girls or females coding? Just because I, I'm just curious about that. So at this moment, I don't specialize in that, but we do have um, uh, a local, um, the Kansas City chapter, so I'm in Kansas City. And there's a Kansas City chapter of Women in Technology, and they have something called Coding for Cupcakes. And what they'll do is like mother-daughter duos can come in, and um, they'll bring cupcakes there. And then they'll learn some basic coding concepts, and they'll be mentors there. So um, I don't have any children yet, so I go there as a mentor, but I hope one day to bring, um, to bring my kids there. Um, they also do coding for cocktails and that's the adults only and that's more of a if you want to learn to code there'll be people around but also if you just want to like work on a project but not be like alone in your house <laughs> you know come out in the evening and hang out and do that so um yeah that would be my extent of outside of client work like volunteering to teach so yeah the Kansas City Women in Technology group is really good about that. So, um, Megan, we're going to Kansas City for coding and cocktails, right? Immediately. I don't know when is the first flight for both of us out of there <laughs> so we can get there because that sounds amazing. I bet there's some really creative stuff that gets coded on those evenings. Oh my gosh, it's, it's pretty good. And I mean, there's a lots of other technology groups um, in the area, but this one is just for the ladies. So if you want to, that's. So, um, obviously, I get to go to those. <laughs> That's so awesome. And I love that they have um, coding for cupcakes with mom and daughter duos and that you're a mentor for that. I think that it's so important for us to pass on our knowledge and to really connect with the younger generation. So, even though, you know, you don't have children right now, you're still connecting with younger girls who are at that pivotal point where they really are interested in technology like we are, but they might be at that point where it's starting to be quote unquote uncool to be interested in technology. I mean, I'm pretty sure you said you started coding when you were doing like the paper doll type websites back in like middle school, right? Because I know I did those. Um, yes. Uh, so I have a brother who is four years older than me, and he was into um, web development, and so I got interested in it. So I remember this giant book he owned called The Big Black Book of HTML, like it's bigger than an encyclopedia, and I made my first uh, website on Angel Fire, <laughs> hosted by Tripod. And it had so many frames and tables that it would be a huge embarrassment if it existed today. But I was just so pleased. Like imagine a MySpace site with a bunch of sparkly things like old school MySpace but with a lot of inset tables for no apparent reason. That would be like my first website growing up. 
Yes, that was the types of things I liked to do too. Um, but then I quickly realized that I didn't want to continue doing coding. So I kind of changed my online presence in a different way, which is just so funny because my dad is a, he's a computer consultant. And so he has always had me around computers and like I used to fix people's computers when I was a kid if there was like basic user errors happening and we were in the computer lab or something everyone was always asking me to fix them but I totally hated it and yet I was still completely attached to computers so whenever people ask me like oh do you know how to do this I'm like yeah I do but I don't want it let me just refer you to someone who actually enjoys doing the coding because the understanding the language and doing the coding is so much fun for the people who are so passionate about it but for me I'm just like my eyes start crossing after a while <laughs> well I mean I think it's uh, different types of people like um, I, I, I sort of wish that I myself had female role models growing up. The more, I mean, my mother pursued a degree in science, so I had that. But outside, you know, we even talk about how girls don't perceive a difference between being smart or better at math um, when they're younger. But by the time they're six, they don't, they assume that a boy will be better at math. It's just an assumption that happens by the time girls are in first grade. It, like society, you know, they get these subliminal messages. And I tossed extremely well in analytical stuff, but I was like, oh, that's not a me thing, even though I really enjoyed math. <laughs> and I pursued degrees in humanities and arts. And then on the side, I was teaching myself code because I was like, oh, I really love doing this. Um, so it's, uh, I think it's really important to, like you were talking about earlier with coding and cupcakes, I think it's really important to see those real models. It would be the same way of, I never saw myself as an entrepreneur because I thought I needed to have brown leather shoes, wear jeans, have a catchy t-shirt, and wear a blazer because whenever I saw anyone speak that was an entrepreneur, it was a dude under 40 dressed exactly like that. And there is no one, no one who looked like me that was an entrepreneur. So it's just like this visual thing of, oh, I'm just doing this thing that I make money from. I'm not an entrepreneur, even though some dude next to me could do the same thing would totally give himself the entrepreneur title. So it's really hard when you don't see that role model that looks like you um, to just see yourself like that. So um, if anyone is out there that doesn't believe that they're an entrepreneur because they don't have that look, um, you're an entrepreneur. If you're filing your taxes and you have a business, you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> so take that to heart. I love that. That makes me so happy because... Um, I had a very similar situation growing up. I didn't have a lot of very strong, independent um, female role models. And if my mom is listening to this, mom, I'm sorry. I love you to death. You're like my best friend. And this is not a slam against you. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um, but it just wasn't really, you know, something, that, you know, most of the women in my family are, you know, they just follow the very traditional path that um, women have taken in the centuries prior of, you know, they're the homemakers and the wives and the mothers. And so to be able to um, 
for you to be able to say that like hey you can you can be your own person you can be your own woman if you feel like you want to be an entrepreneur and that's what you want to do like go for it if you want to be a teacher if you want to be a wife if you want to be a mom do whatever it is that your heart is really calling you to do amen <laughs>
going wee and like have the same energy level. No, there's stuff that you like doing and there's stuff that you don't like doing, but you got to find something more than like. You have to find that thing that seems, um, you could put a lot of work into it, but it almost seems effortless. It doesn't drain you to do it. So um, yeah, that's my spiel about finding passions. That is the greatest advice of all time. I literally was telling Megan recently to count the smiles when it came to something we were talking about. And I love that I'm not the only person who thinks of it that way. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's how I'm able to keep track of, you know, um, you know, what, cause if someone would just say to me, what gives you energy? I just can't think of that in the moment. But if I took time to like quick write down on a piece of paper or Google Docs or something to just be like, I was working on this client's project and I was solving this code puzzle and I felt, you know, my cheeks hurting because I was smiling, you know, okay, great. And then if you notice, if you keep writing down a smiling journal, whatever you want to do, if you keep writing stuff down, you'll start notice trends of like, I love solving hard puzzles or I love talking to the clients or I love making cute packaging because I know my clients are going to give me these great thank you notes. Like wherever your energy is, you'll figure it out. That's actually what I did when I was in high school and I was feeling my anxiety really high and my depression levels were pretty high too. I started writing down literally every single thing that made me smile. And by being so mindful, and this was before mindfulness was even an idea. In right, before it was a I thing. Was yeah, I was like 15 years old. I was like writing down what made me smile. And I would have all these post-it notes everywhere. And I realized that's where I found my passion. And I didn't even put it together with my passion until right now when you just said that. Well, I think we must like be on the same mind wave because <laughs> you're like, yeah, I also write about smiles and I'm like, awesome. I'm like grinning over here. So I guess my passion must be talking to you guys because I'm all like, oh, look, smile journal buddies. No, I was just thinking of the same thing. I mean, Raywin and I were um, discussing when she had told me I, I was going through a really rough time with my depression and she was like, you know what, girlfriend, what you just need to focus on right now is you just, you need to count the smiles and focus on that. And, you know, whatever it is that makes you smile in a day, that's what you need to focus on. And truly, that was so helpful to me because I was like, oh my God, like I, I love laughing and I love smiling and it's like one of my favorite things to do. But in that, you know, time period of depression that I was going through, I had completely forgotten about even the concept of laughter or smiling. And so for her to really just kind of you know, very gently and very lovingly get up in my face about it. It was like, oh, yes, that is exactly what I needed right then. Yeah, well, you know, that's kind of what best friends are for and business partners and the important people that are in your life. Like we are sitting here from an outside perspective and we can help you to see those parts of you that maybe are hidden for uh, some time. And that's why I love having these conversations about our passion and our truth because we have so many pieces to ourselves that sometimes we only see those small pieces. We don't see the big picture and how they all connect. 
And it's so important to take a step back sometimes with the help of our community to see where all of those connect because that's going to be the part that's really going to fulfill us. Oh man, speaking of truths, I totally have two truths that I want to share with you guys. So I'm sure, I'm hoping it's okay that I have two instead of one, but the... Uh, oh yes, you can have as many as you want. Okay, great. Well, I'll limit myself to two, but these are the ones that have really meant a lot to me um, in the past few years, you know, starting at my business. Um, the first truth is this, someone else's overnight success is actually 10 years of hard work paying off. <laughs> and I feel like I need to hear that about once every quarter, which is, you know, every time I look at my business plan. <laughs> Um, and other people need to hear it too. And even if you see someone's business, like what they started their business six months ago, and you know, they have six figure clients. Yeah, but what about that person's skill sets have they been working on their whole life that got them there? Or if you look at other businesses that you aspire to be, um, they have so many failures and so many nights of hard work that you don't see. You've only seen the successful part. And so it reminds me that when I feel like I'm on the slow boat to success, that I'm like, actually, if I can do this in 10 years, I'm right on track with everybody else. Like no one talks about the non-glamorous early, <laughs> early days. And then my second truth, and um, I find this more for all of my fellow female business owners, you can be helpful and get paid for it too. Because I see so many female business owners who want to be helpful and give too much for free or they drastically undercharge. And it's because they come from, they're very community driven, um, they're very compassionate, they want to be helpful. And so they do that thing that's helpful, but then they're giving something away for free that someone else would get good money for. Um, and I was guilty of that too. <laughs> um, I mean, my my business story was <laughs> like the when I became an entrepreneur was the day a former coworker of mine said, "Hey Sarah, what you're doing for free, I get paid good money for." And you see, at the time, like a secretary of an international social media marketers association, which is social media club, secretary treasurer of its most successful chapter, SMCKC, like this is all volunteer. This is outside of my nine to five. And then people were like, oh, can we meet up for coffee? Or can I pick your brain about? So I was having all of these coffee meetings and training people on social media tools and building out strategies for free. <laughs> and it was in that moment when John, my former co coworker who went consultant, said he got paid good money for it. And I was like, wow, and the light turned on. And then suddenly um, I added a services section to my website, which at that time was just me blogging. And I started, even though it was really low, I started charging for it. And um, I like to say it's all been rainbows and unicorns since, but I mean, it's been hard to work. But um, it was really great to realize that I still got to help people, but people would also pay me for it. And it just blew my mind. And um, I talk a lot about the gender differences in the entrepreneur world, but I really have not met a guy who's like, who's stressing out over wanting to be helpful or stressing out about pricing. But I meet women all the time who are like, ah, oh, pricing, what, what do I charge? What's my self-worth? Our self-worth is so linked to money. And um, just remember, you can be helpful and you can get paid 
good money for it. So that's my two truths. Someone else's overnight success is actually 10 years of hard work paying off and you can be helpful and get paid for it too. So um, those are my two truths. So ladies, what are some of your truths? Do you, or do you have like similar truths to that? Like, do you guys also struggle with the money thing or like the overnight success thing? Oh my gosh, yes. We've, we've actually talked about this um, a lot lately because when we, when we first launched Shield Sisters Initiative, we were really, my daughter wants my best friend to come over, so she's yelling her name incessantly. Um, sorry for the interruption, everyone. Uh, yeah, when we first launched, we got really swept up in that mindset that we needed, we were not successful because we weren't where someone else was. And on the flip side, we do also have talks regularly about what to charge. Megan is amazing at this. She's like, no, 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 you're worth more. You're worth more. Yeah, for sure. Like I definitely, like when we first, when we first launched Shield Sisters, we definitely got swept up in the whole like, oh, we can totally be an overnight success story. Like we're just, we're gonna do this. We're gonna run all the numbers. And like I had, I bought, like a huge whiteboard from Walmart and like I wrote everything out. I'm sure Raywin remembers of like all of our sales goals that we were supposed to hit for for everything and uh no that not, not even close to <laughs> like a sixteenth of any of those goals did we did we make. But that's okay because we learned so much from, you know, that some people might call it a failure, but honestly, it was just kind of like a little bump in the road that was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. We live here on earth, not in some like fantasy universe where everything gets handed to us on a silver platter. Like we actually have to build relationships with people. And that's really when the true spirit of Shield Sisters started to come back to the forefront of like building the community and actually reaching out and talking to people and working with them um, on a one-on-one -on -one or a group basis. Like that was, it, it was a really such a good thing when we were able to um, experience that. Um, I know we're getting close to our um, time limit here with keeping it under 30 minutes or right around 30 minutes so Sarah thank you so much for joining us today um your truth bombs that you just dropped like you guys didn't see it but I literally took my headphones out of my ear and I did like a symbolic mic drop for you because it was uh, awesome thank you <laughs> they're hard-earned truth bombs so I'm hoping everyone else can take it to heart and they don't have to go through like that soul-searching journey I had before I realized it <laughs> I totally think that it is 100% a part of each of our process and sometimes we learn it sooner than others but it is what it is like this is part of your process part of my process right now is working at home with my daughter and it's something we should all embrace no matter what part of the process that we are in so thank you so much for joining us today Sarah and Thank you so much to our listeners who tuned in. If it's your first time joining us, please don't forget to click subscribe so that you can get notifications each week when we upload a new podcast episode. And if you've been here for a while, thank you for being so dedicated to listening and tuning in. We hope that what we're saying really, 
really is doing something to help you change your perspective in your world so that you can find where your passion meets your truth. And of course, give us a review below. We would love that. And thank you again, Sarah. I'm so, so happy we finally got to like connect via voice. All right. Thank you so much, ladies. This episode is sponsored by Embracing Your Inner Queen in Five. Embracing Your Inner Queen in Five is our self-love e-course that includes audio and video trainings focusing on the five areas of self-love. Embracing Your Inner Queen in Five heavily focuses on the need for community while on your self-love journey and comes with amazing bonuses like a 30-minute soul chat with Raywin and worksheets and more. Check it out by clicking the link in our profile.